This episode is sponsored by Epic. Epic has a huge library of more than 35,000 high-quality, popular children's books, videos, quizzes, and more for children 12 and under. Epic is perfect for homeschooling, learning, and curriculum with thousands of books on every subject and topic. Plus, kids can reinforce their learning through quizzes and additional recommended content. And we have found that it's really great for lazy unit studies, right? So much fun. So many rabbit holes. (laughs) (laughs) They just pick a topic and there's always a book (laughs) Um, and usually several to choose from and they can learn all about whatever they're interested in at the moment and it's like right there at their fingertips which is so handy you don't even have to go to the library it's one of those resources that you feel no guilt about your children using because there's no apps or in-app purchases it's kid-friendly and it's safe and it's so it's screen time that's actually good for your kids and Millions of children around the world are using Epic, which I think is so great because we hear from overseas families all the time looking for resources um, because they are English speakers and they're looking for um, language English resources in the place where they are that where they don't have to bring you know hundreds of books with them in their suitcases and try to track them down in a country where English isn't the main language. So. Um, that's really helpful. It's also too. really great if you're in a rural setting and you don't have a huge library because it definitely with thirty five thousand titles. That's a lot. Definitely <laughs> a lot of kids' books. Yes. Um, you were talking about um, why Epic is so safe, and there's a lot of parent features, um, including you can track your child's progress which is with a digital reading log. Parents can create personalized collections for their children through their parent dashboard. Parents can create up to four customizable child profiles per account, um, and they have like books that your kids are actually wanting to read. <laughs> so many good ones, like A Wrinkle in Time, Where the Wild Things Are, National Geographic, Good Night Moon. They have The Chronicles of Narnia and The Velveteen Rabbit. And Curious George. Oh, I love Curious George. We love George here. So Epic is normally seven ninety nine a month, which is a great deal. But we have partnered with them to get our listeners two months absolutely free. So just use promo code SISTERS when you sign up for Epic at getepic.com and you'll get your first two months totally free. That's getepic.com and use promo code SISTERS for two months free. So today we are resharing an episode from last year where we talked to Pam Barnhill about morning time and about her book, Better Together. Because today is her new book's book birthday. (laughs) I love that, a book birthday. (laughs) Her new book, Plan Your Year, is available today in all the places, including our favorite place, Amazon. The best of the best. Yes. And um, this book is basically like the guide for figuring out how to plan your homeschool to work for your family. So... And it's the perfect time of year for this to come out as you think about what the fall is going to look like. Totally, totally, totally. I'm flipping through this book and there is so much in here, including planning forms, which we know Pam is famous for all of her planning forms, Um, but just all kinds of really great stuff that I think is going to be super helpful um, about creating schedules, about, um, you know, planning what you want your weeks and your days to look like. Planning by personality type, which is really yes. fun, I think. I love In that. order for your plans to work, you have to adhere to your personality type. 
for sure. Even how to organize your materials. It's just such a helpful guide to help you get on track. Um, and it's available right now. So we thought today would be the perfect day to reshare this episode with the fantastic Pam Barnhill. And this is one of our top episodes of all time. This is when we get a ton of feedback about because so many people are interested in starting a morning ritual and routine and it really outlines the steps involved. Definitely. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode and a brand new special guest. Hi there and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. We are talking to one of my favorite people today. (laughs) I am really excited about this one. I just love Pam. Pam Barnhill. <laughs> she has um, a wonderful website, pambarnhill.com, and three different podcasts, including one that specializes in what we're going to be talking about today, which is morning time. I'm really excited. I can't wait to read her new book. I, I know. It's going to be like the perfect guide to everything you need to know in one place going to be so helpful and we're going to talk to her about that too so should we go ahead and just give her a call let's do it okay here we go hi pam hey kara how are you doing good how are you i am doing well today thank you very much good good so excited to have you on Thank you, Kate. Um, I am so excited to be here. It's been such fun watching you guys grow this podcast since you started it. So lots of fun. Oh, thank you. Well, getting started, can you tell us a little bit about you and your family? Sure. Um, We have been homeschooling, gosh, since the very beginning. My daughter is 12 years old. She's my oldest. Um, I have a 10, almost 11-year-old son, and then I have an 8-year-old. And so my husband and I, Matt, we've been married for 24 years this year. Um, So a nice long time. And before I was uh, a homeschooling mom, before I was a mom period, I actually taught um, high school journalism and really enjoyed that. And then when we started having kids, we decided to homeschool. And so now that's what we do. So we live in Alabama and we have three dogs, which means we're only slightly crazy. And um, (laughs) we have a lot of fun with it. Oh, fun. Okay. I'm glad to hear you say that three dogs is only slightly crazy. Um, (laughs) More more about that during the joy uh, portion later in the podcast. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So we are thrilled to talk to you about your new book that's coming out very, very soon. And it focuses on morning time. And there are some moms that maybe aren't familiar with that or who have heard about it but don't exactly know all the details. So can you just kind of fill everybody in a little bit on what morning time is and where that came from and maybe what it looks like or 
what it can look like. Um, it can look yeah. different in everybody's house, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's funny because it's called morning time, or I call it morning time. There are actually a lot of people out there who call it different things, but that was just what I knew about it being called. But anyway, so it it the version that I kind of do sprang up from a lady named Cindy Rollins who homeschooled. Oh, I'm going to get the number wrong. It was eight or nine. I think it was nine kids. Um, and throughout, I mean, she, she's at this point, you know, she started homeschooling her first one about 27, 28 years ago. And, um, she still has a podcast called the Mason jar, but she, started doing this morning time with her kids and started writing about it on her blog and, you know, had other women kind of fall into doing this like she was doing it because she spoke about it with such joy and about what a difference it made in her family. And eventually I became one of those women who was listening to Cindy talk about this and started doing it in my home about five years ago. And it started making uh, a really big difference in our home as well. And so after that, I started writing about it and I started a podcast about morning time because at that point, there were not a lot of resources out there for homeschool moms about this practice. Sarah McKenzie had included, uh, she had talked about it in her book, Teaching from Rest, and moms kept coming up and asking her and just asking in general, well, how do I get started doing this? And I like to tell people what to do. (laughs) This will be perfect. I can tell people how we do morning time. And basically the idea is, is it's a time in the day when your entire family can come together and learn together. And a lot of families put things like reading aloud in their morning time. Um, Some families put things like learning memory work. Um, You know, some of the beautiful subjects, what we find about morning time is families like to do those subjects that mom has always dreamed about doing in her homeschool. And then once she got started with teaching the reading lessons and doing the math and, um, you know, teaching kids how to write and things like that, that she's like, where do I put these things? You know, I want to do composer study or I want to do some simple art or I want to, uh, to read these really great books or play games mm-hmm. with my kids. I want to have time to play, you know, these, uh, you know, bananagrams and these great language games, or we want to read poetry, but like, it's where do I put these things? And so you kind of bundle them together and do them all together as a family. And that becomes morning time. And the beautiful thing about it is, first of all, it doesn't have to be done in the morning. Um, It doesn't have to be called morning time. And uh, families can put in to morning time whatever it is that they want to do together. And as I started writing about this and talking about this, so many moms came up to me and said, oh, I've been doing this for years and years and years, but we don't call it morning time you know, or we don't do this or we don't do that. What we do instead is this other thing. And so it's just a really flexible time of family learning that moms can make their own for their family. And, you know, that's one of the things that we love about it is it's so flexible. And so, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I love that. How has it changed since you first started doing morning time? What did it look like then and what does it look like now? Well, when I first started doing morning time in my family, my kids were really little. You know, my daughter was seven and now she's 12. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at the very first 
apart when we started doing it. I was about to say there were a lot more picture books, but there really weren't because we still did a lot of picture books. Time, <laughs> Even though she is 12, I love a good picture book. Um, but we, you know, it was probably, it was shorter. Uh, we memorize, you know, we memorized different things then probably had shorter periods of time. And uh, we read a lot more from a series called My Book House back then. We would read some of the My Book House books. Honestly, as I'm sitting here talking about it, I don't know that it was hugely different. We memorized, we read aloud, um, and and we enjoyed ourselves. And that those are still the kinds of things that we do in morning time today. So, I, I really like the way that you talk about it. It makes it so accessible to people who are homeschooling in different styles. You know, you don't have to be homeschooling. You don't have to be a classical homeschooler. You don't have to be a Charlotte Mason homeschooler. You don't have to be a, you know, fill in the blank homeschooler. You can just adapt it for what your family is doing and the style that works best for your family. But, um, and, and you have in your book, you're, you're going to share different examples of what it looks like in different families too, right? Yeah, yeah. So you were actually one of the ones who shared uh, your morning time story for us in the book, which was great because your morning time looks very different from my morning time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was one of the reasons why I felt like that was very important. But we do. We have about, oh gosh, and I'm going to get the number wrong, six or seven different families who share exactly what their morning time looks like. You know, what are the resources that you use? How long does it last for your family? What kind of things do you do in your morning time? And they all do look very different. And that's the beauty of it is you can make it work for you because different families are going to have different things that are important to them. And even it's funny because even among the families who would consider themselves, uh, let's say classical homeschoolers, some families are going to spend a lot of time memorizing scripture and poetry and other families are going to spend more time memorizing timelines and facts. So a lot of people think when you talk about memorizing that, you know, they're just sitting there repeating what you're saying. And we do some of that, but we play a lot of games with it. We have a lot of fun with it. Um, we stand up and move and we sing and everybody from the eight year old to the 12 year old just loves this. We have, you know, games we play like hot and cold and um, we play connect four we play jenga we play throw the sock into the laundry basket which is my personal favorite <laughs> because it's so easy you say the memory work right you get to stand up and throw the sock into the laundry basket um but it's just a fun time and i actually take and record our memory work on my phone and so we have these playlists um and sometimes i make little songs up that go with them and uh you know to to, to tunes like three blind mice or something like that and we love it and have fun with it. And so it's a time of day that we just have a blast. And but it could totally look different for for all different families. Right, right. When we started out, we were um Waldorf leaning homeschoolers. And mm-hmm. so we did circle time. And then, so our morning time sort of evolved out of that. But like you said, that was a lot of finger plays, rhymes, songs, and it was very joyful. It was very, um, I think my favorite part of it was just, it was a way to start our day together in a positive way, you know, and then 
um, and kind of shake some of the sillies out a little bit when we had little tiny people, get, get rid of some of that energy so that they could sit down and, you know, listen to a read aloud for more than, you know, two or three minutes without <laughs> yeah, wanting to um, dive off the couch, you know. Well, and I don't know about your kids, but my kids tend to get up. And so I'm not the fastest mover in the morning myself, <laughs> you know, it, and a little slow to get started. And they tend to get up and get involved in their own agendas, you know, and then I've got to come in and say, okay, it's time to start school. And right. I kind of run up against a little wall there because, you know, adults would do the same thing when I'm in the middle of my agenda. I don't like it when a kid walks up and says, uh, mom, could you come fix me breakfast? Or could you, come, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, I'm annoyed. <laughs> and kids are the same way. They're in their own agenda. And, you know, all of a sudden here's somebody coming up and saying, okay, it's time to, to start school now. And school's not necessarily always their favorite thing. And so I find morning time a great buffer between their own agenda and the hard stop that they have to do before we start math or reading or something else. And so a lot of times we play a song and they know that when that song is over, it's a specific song. And so they've been uh, conditioned, you might say, <laughs> to know that when they hear that song, oh, it's time to start morning time. And when the song is over, um, that they should be at the table ready to begin. But they also know that they can bring the drawing or the perler beads or the rainbow loom project or the silk flower fairy they were making or whatever to the table with them. And that first portion of the day, that morning time portion, they can still kind of work on that and finish that up while we're reciting memory work or while we're uh, reading aloud or, you know, something of that nature. I love that. I love that you start with music and that they know that's when to come. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to the moms that worry about getting to the hard stuff that because you're doing all this fun stuff in the morning, but what about math and what about, you know, whatever big thing is weighing on their mind that they need to get done off their to-do list? Um, well, I, I would just say you're, that stuff is going to be so much easier when you do get to it, because first of all, half the battle of homeschooling is just getting started each day, you know, so mm -hmm. true. Yes. you know, so you get the momentum going with the, this really enjoyable practice. Everybody's first experience at learning that day is, is something that is, that is, um, not always, I'm not always going to say it's fun, but it's something that enjo it's enjoyable. It's delightful. And so the attitudes are already being set in a positive way, as opposed to starting with something at my house, it might be math that would cause you to butt heads or have a bad attitude to begin with. And so you're getting your momentum going. You're, you're starting the day with a good attitude and then it's easier to transition. And so our morning time actually has a start and a close. We, we play the song, we sit down and we bring a ritual element to our morning time. And so, you know, I use some of the words from our church to welcome them into morning time. So this is something they're used to hearing daily and we light a candle and then at the end of morning time we blow out that candle and we sing the doxology and um they know then that it's time to transition and i haven't done it so much lately but there was a time where i was playing a different song kind of a really um both of our songs are upbeat and peppy but this one was like it was just it was actually uh, sugar sugar by the archies 
And so <laughs> I love <that's> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it was, so it was time to, da- to, to dance and we would clear off the table and they would dance while they cleared off the table and then get out their math books and everything and just know, okay. And it, it takes a little time and training, mm-hmm. but you get there. You get there. And I really think the 30 minutes, the 40 minutes you invest in doing the morning time is going to pay such dividends in the rest of the day that you don't feel like it's wasted time. That's awesome. I love that it was sugar, sugar. That makes me so happy. No, I have it stuck <laughs> in my head now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's great. Okay. Fun one. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Because, you know, the thing is, that's very real. And I think that sort of leads into what I wanted to ask about, um, you know, a lot of times when we're doing something in our homes or we're writing about it on the internet, people think, well, you know, there's never a sibling squabble. No one ever comes to the table with a bad attitude. Everybody's, you know, always happy. And as a mom, you know, you are perfectly caffeinated and ready to go. And you never feel like, you know, you've got to call the dentist or, you know, worry about life stuff or whatever. So, it's not always perfect though, right? I mean, it, it, and it still, it can be a like wonderful part of your homeschool, but it doesn't have to be perfect. We don't have to worry about it being perfect, right? Right. Yeah. No, it's not always (laughs) perfect. It's better. Morning time makes it better than what it would be if we were starting with something else. But no, (laughs) they do squabble. They do roll their eyes. Sometimes they say, do we have to do this again? You know, they do that stuff because they're kids and they're human and that's what human people do. Um, and so, no, it's not always perfect. It is sometimes. And sometimes I cut it short. Sometimes I'm like, you know what, guys? You aren't paying attention. This isn't working today. I got other things to do. I'm annoyed. We're just moving on. And then they all like, no, no, no. You know, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm a meeting. I'm like, nope, too late. Sorry. You lost your shot there. Do better tomorrow. You, know. you can't win, though. You can't win. It's like, okay, fine. We're cutting it short. And then they're like, no. And it's like, okay, seriously, let's just... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Big Life Journal has released a new positivity and connection kit. It's a collection of printable worksheets, games, activities, and coloring sheets for kids to promote a positive attitude and strengthen their connection with others. With this printable kit, you can help children train and rewire their brains to become more positive. I'm going to try even if it's hard. I'm enough. My friends like me. I'm a good person, etc. These fun and engaging activities will help your children or students to be more positive and boost their self-esteem and confidence. Head over to biglifejournal.com and you can use the 10% discount code HS Sisters. Bulk order discounts are also available for homeschool co-ops and groups. Just email Vanessa at biglifejournal.com for more information. For moms that would like to start this in their home and make it a a habit, what are some tips that you could share for getting going and making it a regular part of your school day? Okay. Yeah, I have lots of good tips for this one. <laughs> Number one, biggest tip ever is start small, build slow. 
So this, I mean, this is something that we say because what you do is you fall into the morning time vortex. If you go and you start Googling and you end up on my website or somebody else's website or 15 other websites where moms have talked about morning time, what you end up reading about and seeing are these full blown morning times of moms who have been doing this for a few years. Mm -hmm. And that rarely works right out of the gate for people. So my number one tip is start small, pick one thing that you know your family would really love doing and do that first and do that for a few days and then add one more thing. And you know, it's going well, do that for a few days, a couple of weeks and add one more thing and, and just build slowly over time. Um, another thing is Sometimes there's a dichotomy in morning time between the thing that my kids really love to do and the thing that I think is important and as a mom is important to me to have in morning time. And so I try to strike a balance between the two. Um, So one of the things that I... Um, like to do in morning time is a, just a little bit of Latin practice, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, that's my agenda. That's not their agenda. And so I would make sure that I wouldn't like fill my docket to begin with, with only things that are important to mom. I would make sure to have something. And if you've got one of those reluctant, let's say 11, 12, 13 year old boys, especially, <laughs> you know, like mom, I just want to get done with my other stuff. And what, what is this? foolery that you've, you're having me do now, you know, and you're, you're keeping me from getting my stuff done so I can go play Legos or Minecraft or something like that. So, you know, start with something that they might enjoy, um, as well. So keep that going. Always make sure that the morning time, uh, if you have little kids that the morning time you kind of plan for them is not, You know, little kid morning time should be finger plays like Kara talked about. It should be marching around the room with instruments. It should be, you know, memorizing nursery rhymes and Robert Louis Stevenson. All right. So for, you know, older kids, morning time is going to look completely different in that you're not going to do finger plays and have them march around the room with instruments. You know, you need to (laughs) do things like current events or, you know, reading really great books to them. Uh, Gosh, I had one in my head and it just went out. Tuck Everlasting or A Wrinkle in Time or, you know, fascinating books that bring up all of these uh, big juicy conversations to use a term that you guys are really familiar with. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of things are um, things that get the conversational juices flowing, doing some Shakespeare together. Um, Those kinds of things are what you want to do with older kids. Now you're going to have families that have a wide range of ages, and then you have to get a little more creative as mom to kind of uh, shoot for the middle or tailor towards both. And we have some great podcasts where moms have, have done morning time with uh, toddler to teen. Uh, Angela Board is one that comes to mind. She had, oh, I'm going to get the number wrong, seven or eight kids. And, you know, her oldest was a senior in high school and her youngest was two. And, you know, they managed to do a morning time with everybody together in the family. Um, so you can do it, but I think my point there is when you're starting, make sure that you're starting with the morning time that the kids in your family can appreciate, that you're not shooting too high or too low 
um, for them. So start small, build slow, put something in there that the kids are really going to love, um, as well as something you're going to enjoy, because that's going to keep it from feeling like just one more thing to check off your list. And, um, you know, really work at tailoring it towards something that your kids will enjoy and will be good for your family. Perfect. And you have a treasure trove of podcasts and tons of stuff on your site. So we will link to all of that in the show notes so that people can learn more and go way down that rabbit trail. But like you said, don't get, don't try to do it all at once. Do baby step your way into it because it's going to be a lot more enjoyable for everybody that way. Um, So tell us about your new book that's coming out. Tell us when it's coming out. Tell us all the details about that. Well, the book is called um, Better Together, and it's uh, Strengthen Your Family, Simplify Your Homeschool, and Savor the Subjects That Matter Most, because that is exactly what happens in morning time. Um, And it is all about, you know, where did this practice come from? What does it look like? And and Kara mentioned before that we have all the different examples in the book so people can see, you know, what this actually looks like in different people's families. Um, And then if you're ready to get started, how do you plan it? We have tons of ideas and resources for different things that you can actually, uh, we call it a morning basket. And so that you could actually put in your morning basket um, some of the problems that might come up, you know, and how how do you kind of, you know, focus on the do they have to sit still? What do I do if they're loud and noisy and want to do the couch Olympics? And, you know, all of those different kind of things. Sounds I don't like my house you, right now. I was going to say, I don't know if you have couch Olympics at your house, but we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and just, you know, how do you solve those problems? How do you make a plan? And, and what kind of things can you use? And so it's all kind of there and laid out for you. And the book is coming out March 13th. It's going to be available right now, we know, on Amazon. Um, and then I'm also going to be speaking at the Great Homeschool Conventions this year. I'm going to be at all five of those, and I'll have copies of the books with me there uh, that you can get as well. And um, it's going to be on Kindle. So March 13th, and if you get the book before March 31st, we actually have uh, a bonus for you um, that you can get on my website, and it is a set of morning time plans where we've actually done all the planning for you, and we we call them the uh, start small plans Mm -hmm. because they do walk you through the process of starting small. Like every week we lay out a little plan for you. And the first week is a teeny tiny little plan. And by the time you get to week seven, it's like a full blown robust, uh, morning time where we've, you know, just helped you out by choosing some poetry for you, choosing some artists to study, choosing some music to do those kinds of things. Perfect. Okay. Well, we will definitely link to your site where people can get the book. And we also need to link to Facebook because you have something very fun coming up on Facebook, right? Yes, we are going to do a launch party for the book on March 13th. So that's a Tuesday. It'll be in the evening about 7 p.m. Central Time. And uh, yeah, we can link directly to that event on Facebook. But we're going to have a lot of prizes to give away. We're going to be giving away free copies of the book, some great morning time swag for um, for everybody, and just some fun games and, and things like that. So we'll be doing that on March 13th. Oh, I love it. And I've done a live event with you, so I know your live events are always fun. (laughs) Perfect. 
All right. So before we go, Pam, we always like to ask our guests about something that's bringing them joy lately. Um, okay. So I know that like our air date for this is a little later than what it is right now, but I have to tell you what's giving me joy right now is figure skating on the Olympics. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I, okay. I, I'm not going to say that it's giving me a hundred percent joy, but, uh, just because I hate the new scoring system, which has been in place since, you know, for like 16 years now. Um, and I, I think it's totally ruining skating, but the pairs program was last night and I was so satisfied with the way that ended. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that it, yeah. It brought me a lot of joy. So yeah. yeah, getting to watch figure skating and enjoy it and, and things like that. Um, Okay, that, that's bringing me a lot of joy. I've got to jump in really fast and tell because oh, Pam and I both skated. Um, we both. Do you still skate some? I don't because okay. there's no ice within like a hundred miles of me. Oh, I'm very sad. Oh man. Yeah. Oh no. But you know, so as people who have like quite a bit of passion for this sport, um, I'm with you with the whole judging system. Can we talk about the whole like let's touch our foot to our head thing for a minute? Yes. <laughs> Or the death of the scratch spin, you know, <laughs> which is uh, for, you know, people who aren't skaters. It, that's the really fast spins that you used to see everybody right. do, you know, especially at the end of a program. And they were just fabulous. And you would be, but you don't get points by doing a scratch spin. You get points by touching your foot to your head or grabbing your blade or contorting <laughs> yourself into 15 different positions in this painfully slow spin. You know, exactly. And it's just not as exciting. It's yeah. not, but I, it's still, it's very, it's very, it's beautiful to watch and it can still be done very, very well, but there's just, I have a, I have a few frustrations that, um, I, I do too, but I you like know, to I think about. the Olympics, <laughs> I think the Olympics elevate it and make it exciting again, because you know, that's the difference is we used to watch figure skating constantly because it was exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And now I mean, I've fallen off to where, and they don't even show it on TV anymore. And they wonder why, but it's because it's yeah. boring. You know, it's, it's so much more boring than what it used to be. So the nice thing about the Olympics is it elevates it back up to that exciting level again. You know, even if you have to watch contortionism. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. What about you, Kate? Uh, we are listening to A Wrinkle in Time together the kids and I, and that was just one of my favorite books. And it's one of those ones that I've waited and I've held off, but because the movie's coming out, it's going to wait a little longer, but because the movie's coming out, we're listening to it and having those big juicy conversations. And it has been so much fun sharing it with my kids. So I'm just in it. We were, we had one sicko yesterday, so we were sicky. I should say not sicko. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh, she's harsh. (laughs) And so we did that and it just made a sick day so much better to be able to get lost in listening to a really good story together. Is it really good on audio? The audio is good. It is really good. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Um, I love that too. When you've been waiting to share a book for so long with your kids and you finally can (sighs) such a good feeling. (laughs) <laughs> and you want them to appreciate it. We still haven't done Anna Green Gables and I'm holding off and I can't wait. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> There's just certain ones that you're just like, yes, I finally get to read these with them. What about you, Kara? Um, we did something crazy yesterday and we adopted a cat. <laughs> 
which is why earlier, Pam, when you said you had three dogs, I was like, there's nothing wrong with having three pets. Um, we have, but we have four now. We have a dog and we have three cats and he is a large three-year-old man. Yesterday was his birthday. So how can you say no? And he lives in our house now and his name is Hank. I love it. Yeah. And what's his name? Hank. Is he the big orange tabby? Yes. Yes. Well, okay. Yeah. Or maybe not. Is is it an orange tabby? Did I get that right? Yeah, he's a big orange guy. We have another smaller orange and white guy, and then we have a little Siamese who has orange tipped ears. So we have an entire orange and white crew. Um, I'm I am color, a little contingent. Yeah, I'm color coordinating my cats. I think it might be time for an intervention. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I need when when we yeah. see pictures of the dog with his hair dyed orange, then we'll know there's a real problem. <laughs> yes, please, please. At that point, send someone to come take care of me. Okay, but no, it's really, really. Fun. I just love how you're like. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, I don't. I really don't. It was just, you know, we volunteer at this cat shelter, and I think I have to stop. But I'm worried about what's going to happen next if I volunteer at like you know. Um, a, like a senior living place? Am I going to bring home a grandma? You know, I, so yeah, I have to just, <laughs> so we'll have show notes for everything we talked about in this episode and links to Pam's book and links to her Facebook launch party that's coming up, which is so exciting. And you'll be able to get all of that at thehomeschoolsisters.com. And Pam, thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun. It was fun. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to chat with you guys today. Yes, we're very excited. All right. Um, You guys have a good week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister. Sister.